Sports Talk, where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Force traded Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key, routes 11 and 15, almost warping online at sunburymotors.com. And. The Friday edition, always brought to you by the great people at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Why don't you drive on over now? You can listen to the show on 1070 in the car. Stock up for the weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. Including BTN carrying Penn State, Michigan wrestling tonight. Yeah. Basketball being... Carried by BTN tomorrow. All those playoff games on NBC Fox, then CBS Fox. Stock up. It's going to be chilly. A few snowflakes around, especially on Sunday. Hey, stock up now. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts. Fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies in the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All the Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Time now for our play-by-play call today. Henderson with the big Henderson shot. Henderson going for end. another three. Bang! Again, another Tucson Lexus Charity three. Bell friend Ty Jeffries. And Arizona with the call. Great guy, great announcer. Football, basketball, baseball. Yeah, he's done some baseball. He's great. Great guy. Uh, I've done a lot of tournaments out in Tucson in my career. That's how I got to know him. Just great guy. Uh, I'm going to get to the scheduling component in a moment. Did you hear what uh, Peyton Manning said on TV over the weekend? Yeah, I'm always talking about on this show that there are so many myths in sports. Okay, and here was one of them, and 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 believe me, there are some halftime adjustments. All right, so there there really are. You know, if there's something they think they need to change up, or they've seen something, yeah, they'll do it. All right, I got. It. But Peyton Manning said, quote, I don't know if I ever made a halftime adjustment in my entire 18-year career. I think that's the biggest myth in football, halftime adjustments. You go in, you use the restroom, eat a couple of oranges, and then the head coach says, all right, let's go. That cracks me up. Okay. So, that, I mean, that cracks me up. Uh, we'll talk about the scheduling here in a little bit when we get a little more time to do it. Um, Penn State's getting its one Saturday home game this year in the Big Ten. I am not in any way. You get ten home games in the conference. I am not in any way, shape, or form 
saying that Penn State should get 10 Saturday home games. No, not realistic. But you should have five during the week and five in the weekends. And of the five in the weekends, three should be on Saturdays. I've done this a long time. I know it's realistic. And this conference, for whatever reason, does not see... They are so married to putting things into TV slots. I worry sometimes that they, they're they're not as concerned about bodies and seats. And I think bodies and seats are critical. That's why I, what I really think so highly of Kale Sanderson about. Kale Sanderson wants bodies and seats. He does a lot of things really well, and that's one of them. All right. Uh, we lost uh, a wonderful member of our family. And Kevin Hur and... Uh, Dave Ritchie here with us to talk about uh, the late Dick Hort, who unfortunately passed away. And all of us thought the world of Horty, and you guys worked so closely with him. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely did. Chief, uh, are you there? I think he's got his radio up too loud. Yeah, do you want to turn the radio down here for me? We absolutely did. Chief, are you there? Yeah. We'll get his radio squared away here in just a minute, uh, but uh, uh, once he gets that turned down, we'll we'll chat a little bit more. But yeah, we uh, we uh, lost Dick right, Hort today, uh, unfortunately, um, after a little bit of an illness along the way. But it's it's kind of hard to to uh, to discuss, you know, how much he meant to so many people. Uh, you know, I, I worked with him for 20 years. Um, there are so many memories that came flooding back over the last several hours. And, Chief, I know you and I have talked a couple of times through this as well. And, you know, you, we, we, we golfed. We, you fished with him many times. Uh, and then, you know, every Friday night for about 20 years, uh, we spent at least five, six hours together where he'd fall asleep on the way home. And I'd say, Coach, why are you sleeping? He said, because I can't stand your driving. yeah can you hear me now kevin yeah we've got you now chief all right well i i've uh i've known uh coach since i was 13 years old and uh i just talked to erica a little bit ago and i said uh almost took a job in new jersey and if i would have done that i wouldn't have had the experience of uh, not just teaching with him but also uh he was a great mentor as a as a coach uh when i was first learning uh that when you're a football player you don't know everything about how to play the game you have to learn from your coaches and uh i learned so much from him and uh i i i mean i i I learned all the time uh through my whole life uh different aspects of uh all different sports and other things uh it's like I told Eric, I said, I think he was my, my second father, to be honest with you. You guys spent a lot of time together over the years, more time than I've spent with him, uh, not only on the field but also outside of coaching. He was the same person coaching as he was in the booth, as he was when you're sitting out there along the creek with him. Yeah, he uh, he was a, he, he was a constant teacher. Uh, you know, uh, but he also knew how to handle every situation 
it seemed when when we had to deal with uh, players. Uh, I, I think I told you before, Kevin, that he made practice bearable uh, a lot of times. In fact, I think there were times that Coach Purnell used to get upset with him and I because uh, maybe we weren't as serious enough. But uh, he always had great respect from the players. Uh, they knew that he knew what he was talking about. He treated them uh, very fair, but he also uh, – you never had – he never had a bad time. I mean, he was a lot like Coach Lockoff. Every time you were around Coach Lockoff, you, you never had a bad time. It was always enjoyable. That's not to say that we had disagreements, but it was it was uh, they were very far and few between. Steve, you'll appreciate this quick story. Um, we didn't get a chance to play golf an awful lot, and he and Phil Lockoff would play golf constantly. And there was one opportunity that he and I had a chance to play over at the time it was called Indian Hills. And I was having my normal, you know, little bit of a slice issue. And we're going to, we're about halfway through and I hit a drive and it just went way left and came right down the middle. (laughs) (laughs) And he followed that up. He's sitting in the cart with just, just straight faced and said to me, you know what I like about your swing? What's that, Coach? Absolutely nothing. And then drove away with the chuckle. Phil's laughing in the in the in the cart next to him, and drove away right up the middle of the right up the middle of the fairway to get to his ball. But that's the type of sense of humor he had. It was it was a very dry, quick wit. And what always made me nervous uh, doing a game is when you'd pause for you'd hear a pause for a few seconds. And it's like, uh-oh, something's coming. <laughs> and it's usually pretty good. <laughs> well, you know what I think is very important that we always need to remember? We need to appreciate every person in life and tell them how you feel in life. Uh, because all these great th- by the way, and all these great things these guys are saying right now, they did say to him. You know, we all did. We all told him we thought the world of him, the whole deal. It's important to say those things. Never, never sit back and wish you had five more minutes because you didn't say something. I I've been I have been sick for three weeks, and I used to I tried to get over to see him at least once a week, and I have not seen him since right before New Year's Day. And I called this morning to see if he was. if I, if I could come over and of course at that time he was he was up at Geisinger and uh you know you always want that one last conversation you always want that one last uh meeting and uh I I I remember the last one we sat and watched about three or four episodes of Law and Order in his living room and and uh I I think that'll be instilled in my mind forever uh because uh, that's the last time I got to talk to him and and you're right. You're 100 percent right, Steve. Uh, you, uh, if somebody has done something for you in your life, uh, helped you out, they need to know. You don't have to lay it on heavy, but they need to know what what no. they've done for you, and it's uh, it, it's so important. And, and you and think you know, about. I'm sorry, Steve. I was just going to say. You think about all the lives that he touched through his life. I mean, you know, from from the time he was at Danville as a student, going through to Buffalo, uh, playing football for uh, for Buddy Ryan at one point up there, and then coming back here, coaching at Montgomery, coaching at Chickalimian and at Susquehanna. 
you know, all, all the players that came through all those systems that had, and, and all those organizations that had a chance to, to just experience uh, not, not only his wisdom as a coach and as a former player, but also his wit as well. And then to be lucky enough to be able to bring that to a different audience every Friday night as he did for so many years. Uh, I, I was very privileged to, to work with him for so long and uh, learned a ton more about football than I thought. I thought I knew enough about it. I learned so much more and uh, just uh, that that's kind of what stuck with me throughout the day to day. I, I uh, had the chance for about 15 summers in a row to drive to Montana with him and uh, we spent almost 20 days fishing and uh, a lot of times uh, people that went along with us were friends but I do remember one time when Dave Six who was uh, the coach at Milton for years and Phil Lockoff was along and, and uh, of course Horty was along and I remember just sitting there at nights and Kevin you both know, uh, Steve you both know how I like to talk I would just sit there and listen and uh, the amount of knowledge and stories that came out of those three uh, men's uh, mouths uh, were priceless. And uh, I, uh, I think I got a text from one of his players today, another legend has passed on. And yeah, I think that's one of the best ways to put it, really. Another legend has, has passed on. I think a lot of people always wonder when they listen to a broadcast, whether it's on TV or radio. Those guys are really good friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we can, right? People do wonder that, right? Yeah. And as you can tell, the three of them, and they included me, by the way, in, in their little clique, <laughs> uh, are really, really good friends. And you now that's, that's what made the broadcast so special and uh, was so wonderful to listen to is you felt like you were listening to friends talk about yeah. the sport on the air. I, I, a lot of people don't know what a great athlete Dick was. Um, he, you know, Danville, he excelled at uh, football, of course, but he was also uh, played for Whitey McCluskey in basketball, and he was a great baseball player. And when he was at Buffalo, he was one of the last players to go, you know, play on both offense and defense at center and linebacker. And uh, he has his letter from the San Diego Chargers that they were contemplating drafting him probably back in like 1962. So uh, he had to have a little bit of uh, athletic ability. Probably one of the best long snappers and teachers and teacher of long snapping that this area has ever seen uh, how many times and, did he say that, that that's the lost art in football yeah and he said if you know if he would have played in the modern age he probably could have got a job on uh, a pro team as the long snapper so there was nothing quite like watching him put a helmet on when he was in practice as the coach to uh, teach somebody how to long snap he, that, again he just provided uh, entertainment at all times, no matter what he was doing. So, well, he would have loved he would have uh, loved Chris Stoll at Penn State, who yeah. won the Pat Patrick, who won the Patrick Manley Award. Absolutely, yeah, the top yeah. lawn snacker in the country. Yeah, and uh, Buddy Ryan was his line coach, and uh, you know, I I know that uh, when they did a little article here about Buddy Ryan when he was at Philadelphia, that uh, he talked about Dick a little bit. So, and that was back in the 
late 50s, early 60s, and we were talking about when Buddy was coach at the Eagles. So that, that was a little bit of time in between there. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, like I said, uh, a lot of people look at a man, he's 81 years old, and you don't know what his entire life has involved. And you could probably write uh, a book as long as War and Peace uh, if you wanted to do everything that Horty's accomplished and did in his life, I'll say. Uh, yep. So it's it's uh, again. I'm gonna I'm gonna I I, I uh, had a little bit of session this morning. I had a little crying session. Uh, I'm gonna miss the man big time. I'm right yet with it, you. Yet it, as sad as everyone is, just remember it is a life that should be celebrated. Yes. Right? Look at all the all the joy he brought to everybody. Look at all the lessons he taught to everybody. That's why we're going to miss him so much. At the same time, it's a life that uh, it'll be a celebration of a life. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of people that are uh, are fly fishermen probably know who Al Troff was. Al Troff was the inventor of what they call the Al Caracatus dry fly, and. Uh, that's who Horty learned to tie flies from uh, when he worked at Montgomery. Uh, Al was the uh, Al was the uh, industrial arts teacher there before he moved to Wyoming to take a career in in uh, as a guide and fisherman. But I mean, I mean, uh, I, how how lucky was I that I learned to tie flies from a man that learned to tie flies from uh, <laughs> a guy that's uh, so well known in the fly fishing world that he that people. Uh, buy flies and and uh, for a lot of money just knowing that they were tied by this man so uh like i said he, yeah. the opportunities that dick court has provided david ritchie are unlimited unlimited yeah you know, I, I think back of you know the the time that that we spent together on the broadcast and and you know who he reminded me a lot of when he is, and, and I hate using comparisons all the time, but reminded me a lot of the style of John of John Madden. You know, John was a great football mind, but he made it entertaining as well. And he and and coach would do the same thing. He would make the broadcast entertaining. Uh, you know, it, it, I think we all learned what Waggle was. I mean, because <laughs> he would. I mean, that would be that. That's his play. And uh, you know, the, the, there were different ways he'd refer to things. It would be that it would be entertaining, and, and if you didn't know football, you were still able to follow the game. But if you understood the X's and O's, you also there was a little bit there for you too. And that's that's a unique ability that that I think uh, doesn't always come across and doesn't always happen with a lot of uh, people doing games is the ability to to give the X's and O's for the person that loves the football game itself and then play it out for people that don't understand the X's and O's or just listening because they're a fan. No, no doubt. Yeah. And, I mean, it, you know what? It's something that it's obviously it's of little consolation once, you know, it, it hits you that somebody's passed away. But I think his family and all of his friends will take at least some solace in that the man they're celebrating was an absolute difference maker. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, for a man, his he had these huge hands, and they were surgeon's yes, hands. Uh, and it's it, yep. it is no, there's no doubt in my mind that his son Kurt, who's an orthopedic surgeon, inherited that touch. Uh, he, I mean, there's so many, so many different things about him that made him unique. 
you know, uh, being that big, but being that uh, coordinated, that nimble, and and had hands like a surgeon's hands. Uh, and a lot of people out there, even though if they did not know Dick from going to Shikalimi, he officiated basketball and he officiated baseball for probably 40 years, and he was very well known throughout throughout the Susquehanna Valley League. And uh, I mean, there's not too many people, Steve, that. Uh, that you can go and tell a Dick Hort story, and they'll say, "Yeah, I know him," or they'd have a story about him. So uh, it's kind of neat, yeah. and I, I think that's very, 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 very cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, we celebrate his life, and uh, you guys will have your game coming up tonight. Uh, was it yeah. seven o'clock tonight? Uh, yeah, about about seven fifteen. We'll we'll go on the air, and and we're planning on doing uh, the first segment of the broadcast we're going to dedicate to Coach. Oh, good. That's wonderful. Beautiful. He deserves it. He earned it. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you letting letting us talk on your show, Steve. I Thanks. really do. I really oh, do. Thank you goodness. so much. Oh, no, no. You know, we're talking about one of the absolutely great guys ever. Every time and, you came uh, to town, Steve, the first thing he would ask me is, when's Steve coming in to talk? I want to make sure <laughs> I have my table. And then the, and he, you know, he'd have the hortarage along around yeah. him, too. <laughs> he would have that table. And when I'd walk in, every time I'd walk in the room, he was holding court. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you bet. He was, hold, he was holding court. He even, did, he even did that in his living room the last couple of months when he you know, was having a little trouble getting around. He, yeah. Physically, he might not have been able to do things, but he was still the same uh, coach Hort mentally, and he would hold court. You're right. <laughs> and you want you want to know what the people who have the ability to hold court are the ones that are respected and loved by people. Thus, they end up having the ability to hold court. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Gentlemen. Yep. Gentlemen, thanks so much. Uh, Kevin will appreciate this part, Chief. Uh, we have to play commercials. Uh, so. yeah. <laughs> I got you. Thanks, yeah. Steve. Appreciate it. All right. Th- thanks, thank you guys. very much. All right. Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Imports domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies, pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Now, Kevin, you got to head out here in a couple of minutes, right? He's still there. Guess he's heading out now. Got their basketball game tonight. The first part of the broadcast will be dedicated to the late great Dick Hort, who passed away. 
Thought the world of him. We all did. Had to be around him for five minutes to know that was one special guy. All right, I was talking about scheduling before, and Coach Hort would would appreciate this conversation. Uh, and I always, yeah, I always make the same standard joke all the time that when you talk to anybody in the Big Ten, they'll oh, scheduling is so difficult. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, the Manhattan Project. It's really difficult. Scheduling? No, not so much. But what they're doing is they're trying to marry all these games to TV. And Kevin Willard, the first-year head coach at Maryland, who had all that experience with Seton Hall in the Big East, says, look, they know how to schedule basketball. He says, this conference doesn't. And he's right. right? Same thing with football. I, mean, I don't understand why when you have time, and you have time, by the way, to do these things, why do you come up with some of the stuff you come up with? And... You know, we talk about Penn State opening up on the road, well, what, 14 out of 15 years or some number like that now in football. Um, one Saturday home game with the students on campus out of the last 20? Really? Really? When it's your best drawing day? I mean, and so I always laugh about, well, you know, we look at market research. Hey, look, dude, I got 41 years of market research when it comes to the Penn State market, okay? It's like I, you know, your market research? Yeah, okay. That's good for you. Um, I'm sorry, it's not right. You get 10 home games in the conference every year. And see, that's what's bizarre. They've gone from 18 to 20 games in the conference, which means you get one extra home game now every year. Instead of nine, you get ten. And they're getting fewer Saturday games. It is by far, they, you know, they can brag about how many weekends you're playing at home. Okay, that's verbiage. It's all it is. You know, you know, word salad is for the ignorant. I mean, seriously, word salad is for the ignorant. Just be direct with people. Okay, here's a direct question. Penn State's best drawing day exponentially is Saturday. Why do they get one? Last year, Illinois had none. Iowa had one. Michigan State had six. Really? Wow. Interesting. Now try this one out for a schedule. This this has only very little to do with Penn State. This has to do with Wisconsin basketball. They're going to come here in February. And I'm talking with Matt LePay, their play-by-play guy. Matt's one of the great guys on the planet. And I said, I said, uh, he says, yeah, you, hey, by the way, Steve, we get to your place. He said, he said what do you say, like, uh, the, the day after the game, we go to breakfast, something like that. I said, day after the game. So you guys aren't going back that night? He goes, no, we're staying on the, he said, we're going to stay on the road, so we're going to stay two nights in State College. I said, really, why? He says, well, he says they just decided that instead of just going back and then just 
spending a few hours in Madison and hopping on the plane to Nebraska. They'd go play in State College, boom, and then stay overnight and then fly to Nebraska from here. So you've scheduled games for 18, back-to-back, in State College and Lincoln. Who in the office thought that was a good idea? It's examples such as these where you sit back and you say to yourself that why doesn't why doesn't all this stuff make sense? Because it doesn't. So let's let's go with the, the ten home games. Penn State had one last year and the students weren't here. It was during holiday break, during Christmas break, Christmas, New Year's break. That was their one Saturday home game. So they had no games last year with the students on campus in the Big Ten on uh, on a Saturday. This year they get one. It's tomorrow. It's the coaches versus cancer game. Okay. I suppose that's an improvement. But you get ten opportunities, which means that idealistically – of those ten, five should be on weekends. Yeah, you've got to play during the week. There's no getting around it. You have to. So five of them during the week, and idealistically five on the weekends. Of those five, Penn State should get three Saturdays where they play. Three. Sorry, that's you know, Saturday is is the day that this market can draw. They've opened the upper deck for tomorrow. You know, wrestling is not quite sold out tonight. Uh, there are some single tickets available for wrestling tonight. And then, of course, they've got Iowa next week, and that will be sold out. But for men's basketball, this is their big opportunity. They've already opened the upper deck for tomorrow, the whole deal, which is great. I mean, there's still tickets available, but they've opened it up. But they haven't had that kind of crowd for men's basketball in their all season. Is it any coincidence that in 20, when Penn State's ranked and they're playing Minnesota on a Saturday, that the building was sold out? They're winning, they're ranked, they're playing on a Saturday, and the building is sold out. And again, I'm not saying they should have 10 Saturday home games. No. I'm not saying they should have five Saturday home games. No. But of your of your five weekend opportunities, which is what everybody should have. I mean, I don't explain to me why Michigan State had six on the weekend last year. I don't know. But of the five weekend opportunities you should have, three of the five in this market should be on a Saturday. They make it seem like it's one of the most difficult things on the face of the earth. Oh, it's awfully hard to do that. Really? Hmm. Humor me. Same thing in football. I don't know what they're going to do about football. If they're going to keep it at nine. You know, if they were ever to go to ten, which I don't know if they're going. I even floating the idea. I want. I don't want you to think they are, but. And floating the idea, that would really take away any non-conference opportunities to play like an Auburn home and away. But with nine, 
Anybody that has five home games in the Big Ten, anybody who has five, should be opening at home. That way, after that game, you've got four and four. Uh, about a week before the uh, 23 schedule came out, it came out on a Thursday night. So James and I were going to sit down to to um, tape the pregame show. And he says, hey, Steve, they gave us a schedule. He says, check this out. And I looked at it, and I saw that it, they didn't really change much of anything. The Penn State was going to open at Illinois in the original schedule. They're still opening up in Illinois. He says, can you believe that we're on the road again? And I said, James, it's bad. I said, it's bad because of all the other years. I said, but, I said, let, I said let's at least, I said, I said, you want maybe a positive spin on it? He goes, okay. He says, all right, give it a shot. I said, well, I said, if you were to play that game at home, which would be great, I said, after that game, you would still have five road games and only three home games remaining in the conference. I said, this is the way you you get it out of the way and you're four and four after that. Kind of gave me that look. He's like, like, there's some logic to that. (laughs) He says, but I hate the way it's gone the other year. Yeah, I said, you're right. I'm with you all the way. Believe me. I said, that's the only logic I can come up with is that when you're done with that game in Champaign, now it's four and four. If the game were here, which would be great, you'd be then three and five in terms of home games versus road games remaining on the schedule. But anybody who has five home games in the schedule in a nine-game conference schedule, all of them should be opening at home. That way they get the home game out of the way, the team they're playing gets the road game out of the way, and we're done. Now it's even four and four the rest of the way. What's our, you know, no offense, it, do, it, it doesn't seem like a difficult concept. I, I get baffled by this. See it over and over again. I get baffled by it because I feel like there's a lack of caring. Here's another example. Penn State plays at Wisconsin on Tuesday night. It's the only conference game being played. The only one. Not a doubleheader. Why is the game at 8.30 Eastern time? Why? I don't get it. Yeah, I walked in my house at two o'clock in the morning. I'll tell you, you know, I'm I'm only citing that because I know what time I walked in my house. You know, they, you know, I don't know what time the kids got back to their dorms or their apartments, but I know when I walked in. And you know, and I had to teach I had, I had to teach a nine o'clock class the next morning, so it wasn't like you know, you know, those guys have class. Well, I had to teach a class. And I'm thinking to myself, why did this game start at 8.30? I wondered that the entire time. When the first schedule came out, I looked at it, I go, 8.30, oh, it must be the back end of a 6.30, 8.30 doubleheader. Then I looked into it, I went, it's not, it's just a standalone game. Why is that game at 8.30? Why? But we care about the student-athlete. You do? Oh, interesting. 
all zonked out on the plane, you know, and having to wake themselves up at one fifteen, one twenty in the morning when the plane lands. It's like, okay. When one of the important elements they need is rest. Okay. All right. And I'm citing all these examples here, and it does. So many of these things don't make sense. I know they're trying to fit TV windows. I got it. Okay, I got that. But yeah, football and men's basketball are TV shows. Simple as that. I'll never forget when Penn State wrestled Ohio State. Oh boy, I don't know, four or five years ago in the Jordan Center. There's going to be the one Jordan Center dual meet of the year. I think they schedule it on a Friday at 6 o'clock. And I got, I received so many calls and complaints on the show about it. And justifiably so. I mean, they're like, eh, 6 o'clock on a Friday. It's really hard for me to, you know, and I got it. And I remember saying to people, I said, now you know how I feel I said, with all the different start times that the football players and the basketball players have to deal with every single week. Every week. Because wrestling, wrestling's not on TV every week. It's, I mean, tonight's great. They're going to go at 7. That's that's perfect. But I remember, I remember going down College Avenue um, that night in this long, long line of cars because I was driving down College Avenue about five quarter after quarter after five in the evening, and a long line of cars because the, that's and people were doing their best to get in so they could see the one twenty five bout, and the only reason it was at six o'clock is because it was on television. And, of course, the odd part about this is that television wants sellouts because sellouts resonate and the sound of voices comes through the TV set. And it creates an ambiance and an atmosphere that draws people to the set. Tonight, when Penn State plays Michigan tonight, or, you know, wrestles Michigan tonight on BTN, it's going to come through this. It's going to resonate. It's going to be great. It's going to sound great, look great. Be perfect for the sport. Now, for example, you know, I mean, I know Penn State Notre Dame is, you know, across the street, 630. But whenever they play hockey on BTN, you know, that, that Pagula sold out, sold out all the time. It comes through the set, the energy, the excitement, the roar zone, everything. TV wants sellouts, yet they schedule things in such a way where the fans are fighting their guts out to get there. I know football and basketball are TV shows. This year, Penn State football kicked off at noon. Let's see, noon. 
3.30, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock. That's six different kickoff times. Men's basketball? Men's basketball has tipped off this season at, let's see, 11, noon, 2, this will be 2.15, 4 o'clock, 6.30, let's see, no, 4.30, they had a 4.31, 2 o'clock at 4.30, um, a six thirty, a seven, a seven thirty, an eight, and an eight thirty. <laughs> I have the schedule up on the side of my refrigerator with all the tip off and air times, or kick off and air times for football as well. It's all over the <laughs> look at it like you got to look at it. Go, okay, I want to make sure I'm there. Okay, well, okay, it's two fifteen. Okay. Tuesday night on the road, that'll be 6.30. Got to be on the air at 6. So, got to do that. And next week's a Sunday game. And I, off the top of my head, I can't remember what the tip-off time is. I'll, I'll look at it when I, when I get to it. All right, we'll take a break. One final break. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by. All right, let's uh, wrap it up for this week. Matt and his dad will be at uh, the link tomorrow night for the Giants and the Eagles. Uh, he already had a planned day off today, so it had nothing to do with the game. Uh, and you know, great that he and his dad can go share that experience, be in the crowd, and it should be quite a game. The Eagles are the better team, you know. But the old, you know, the old saying, oh, I mean, I'll tell you, nine times out of ten they could beat the Giants. And believe me, nine times out of ten they couldn't. The problem is. Is this is not a best of seven series? It's you. That's why you know you hear Matt and I say I'm worried about this game. Well, yeah, you worry about it because what what if it turns out that it's the one out of ten? They're the better team. It's a great matchup for Philadelphia, but <laughs> the uh... that's what you worry about the one out of ten. Four big games in the NFL this weekend. They're all good matchups. Jacksonville, Kansas City, Bengals, Bills, Eagles, Giants, 49ers, Cowboys. I'm going to be in studio with the gang on Monday. Figured I'd on my drive to Rutgers, I'd stop in and do the show there and then just keep on going when we're done. Seemed like it was a convenient way to do it. 
Hey, why don't you get in the car and drive to Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And from the Sunbury Motors studio, I'm Steve Jones on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Have a great and safe weekend, everybody.